This is the Word of God from the household of David Church. It is a message designed to raise men after God's own heart. Listen and be blessed. Hallelujah. Are you ready to praise God this morning? I will share briefly why we should praise Him. Is somebody ready to give God the highest praise? You know, the Bible didn't say, the Bible said, that let the high praise of God be in their mouth. Psalm 149. And two edges sword in their hands. There is praise and there is high praise. The one that wrecks havoc in the kingdom of darkness is called high praise. Let the high praises of God be in their mouths. High praise is a sacrifice of praise. You can praise God conveniently. You can praise God sacrificially. There is what is called the sacrifice of praise. Hallelujah. God and sacrifices are inseparable. There is an obsession, an attraction that God has for sacrifices. From the beginning of the Bible, if you are very conversant with the word of God, just discover that God can't resist sacrifices. One of the first set of people, as soon as two brothers were born, Cain and Abel, the whole thing about sacrifice started. They brought an offering to the Lord. And God accepted one and rejected the other one. Why is God very obsessed? Why does he like sacrifices? So he accepted that of Abel and he turned the way that of Cain. And shortly after in Genesis chapter 8, as soon as Noah came out of the ark, then the Bible said Noah offered a sacrifice. And the Bible said God smelt it. Genesis 8, 21. Let's start from 20. The Bible says, And Noah builded an altar unto the Lord, and took every clean beast and every clean fowl and offered burnt offerings on the altar. And the Lord smelled a sweet savour, and the Lord said in his heart, Sacrifices on earth can make God say something in heaven. Now, this event happened before the law. The law came by Moses. This was when Moses was born. Noah did something on earth. God made the decision in heaven. Stay with that verse, please. Verse 21. The Lord smelt, and the Lord said in his heart, I will not again cross the ground anymore for man's sake. Noah made God to make a decision. 
The Bible didn't say anything about God planning to make this decision before. He didn't plan to make this decision. But Noah offered something on earth. He got to God's nose. Ah! He said, wow. Isaac must have copied this from God. When he said to his own son, Isaac, uh, uh, Esau, go and hunt and let me prepare the food that I like that my soul may bless you. There is a principle from this story and that that when something is offered that satisfies God, it does not go unnoticed. It does something as a result of what you have done. There is a praise that God can perceive as a sweet aroma this morning and that will cause a shift, a transgenerational shift. Hallelujah. You can move your life, move your family, move everything about you in few minutes time by what we are about to do. I am just letting us know. We, I think it was last week that we read First Samuel chapter 2 or, or chapter 3, where 2 or 3, where Anna was praying. And she said, our God is a God of knowledge. By him, actions are weighed. This is a very powerful scripture. Look at it again. Anna was saying something about God that every Christian should know. He's a God of knowledge. That means he observes, he knows. What does he observe? Actions are weighed. He weighs all your actions. In other words, sometimes he says, is that the best you can do? And at times he says, wow, you did all that for me? That will always be followed by a sovereign declaration. There are people on earth who are living on earth by God's decree over their heads. They can't come down. Hallelujah. It's like there are people also who are living. I feel like saying this today. If there is any cap, any limitation, any boundary set around anybody here, limiting your expansion, your increase, your multiplication, that restriction is removed this morning. You know, sometimes in church, it's like the case of what happened with the stand of the pool, the first person to jump in. So, people come to church to sleep. When a decree is about to come, catch it as fast as you can. There are enough angels around responding to this. Hope you understand. Now, it is when you say this that most people will now prepare to say amen. Why not say amen the first time? Anyway, are you getting what I'm saying? Glory to God. Hallelujah. After Noah, I just want to call your, call your attention to two more people. The second person is the one you call Bela. If you start from Numbers 22, but I'll read 23 verse 1. So Bela was hired to cause Israel. He was a prophet of God. He was hired by Balak. And Balaam only requested for one thing. What is it with God and sacrifice? And Balaam said to Bala, Build me here seven altars, and prepare here seven oxen and seven rams. Verse 2. 
And Balaam did as Balaam had spoken. He offered, and Balaam offered on every altar a bullock and a ram. Look at verse 3. And Balaam said, Stand by the altar. I will go, I will go. Paraventure, the Lord will come and meet with me. Whatever he tells me, I will say. Verse 4. And God met Balaam. Now, what do you need to know about Balaam? This happened when this guy was living in perfect disobedience. On Wednesday or so, or I don't know whether it was on Wednesday or two Sundays ago that we went into this. When the people came, God said, don't go with them. But then the king sent more people, more honorable people. And then he decided to go with them. An angel was going to kill him on the way. Because he was disobeying God. Because he was in disobedience. His spiritual ability to receive from God and come down. But this guy, being a prophet who understood certain dimensions of God, said to the people that say, when we want to receive from heaven, when we want the signal to be as clear as a crystal, as crystal, there is what we do. He said to Balak, God will not speak to me right now. I'm in disobedience. But if you build seven altars, and I'm able to offer sacrifice on each altar, God, we have no choice, he will talk to me. And the Bible says, God came down. Go down to verse 14. So instead of him cursing the people of God, God turned into a blessing. In other words, Balaam knew that God did not want to curse them. God told him in his house, they are blessed people, they cannot be cursed. Don't go with those guys. He went with them. He made that time the first time, God turned into a blessing. Now, he said it again. He brought him to the field of to the top of this camp and built seven altars again. In other words, everywhere has four directions. So Balaam stood at, let's say, south and he tried to look at Israel. He climbed the highest mountain around so that they will be at the valley, he will be on the mountain. The Bible says, without controversy, the less is blessed by the higher. So in there to go to a realm higher than them to be able to speak words over them. You cannot speak words from under a person. It will not come to pass. This is why those who have the revelation that Satan is under their feet, there is nothing that can say that can bind on them. Because there is an incompatible law in the spirit. It is impossible to speak from under to affect somebody above. Only the one above can speak to the one under. And the Bible says you will be made to stay with Christ Jesus in heavenly places, above principalities, above power. So the words of principalities, the words of power cannot affect a Christian because it does not go this way. Waters don't flow up, it flows down. Hallelujah. Glory to God. A son cannot cause a father. Only a father can cause a son. That is the order. I get what I'm saying. So Balaam, Balaam said, I understand this dimension. Can I climb a mountain and let me see them on the valley? When they couldn't cross the first time, he changed location. He said, let's now go to west from the south and try. Now, he did this three times and God turned into a blessing. But what, I want to call, what I'm calling your attention to this morning, all those three times, to be able to get prophetic utterance from God, he just sacrificed. God said, don't cause him. He moved to further disobedience to do it again. But then he offered, and God kept coming down every time he offered sacrifice. And the last person I want to call your attention to is King David himself. 
Second Samuel 24. Let's look at verse 18. Second Samuel 24, verse 18. You have not come to an ordinary service this morning. When Minister Becky's, when she's true, I will come back and make some declaration. But I want to do that after we have provoked an atmosphere. Now, you just saw. See, we don't just speak. We wait for the unction of the moment. As we praise God, we cause the situation, we cause the environment to be ripe for words to be spoken. I speak by the Spirit with the conviction that I have in my heart. There is no soul here this morning that will genuinely praise God that will not experience a shift. Lift up your hands on your seat and pray in tongues for a while. It's not an ordinary praise service. It's not an ordinary thanksgiving service. He said, I am not said to the seed of Jacob. Seek me in vain. The supernatural is real. In 24 hours, your life can change. In three days, there can be a total turnaround. God is not a man that should lie. He is not the son of man that should repent. It does not take God time to change things. It takes faith. It takes conviction. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So much will happen to so many families this morning. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You see, when I speak... And you missed the opportunity to say amen. It's up to you. Thank you, Lord. Are you with me? Second Samuel 24. I will leave the rest. I just want to stop here. Second Samuel 24. Let's read verse 18. Now you know the story. So David went to number the people, and God wasn't pleased at all. And destruction started. While I was praying last night. Why should destruction persist in certain families? This is why we are here this morning. And God, God, so let, let's read from, let's start from 12. Let's start from 12. Go and say to David, Thus hear the Lord, I offer you these three things. Choose one of them that I may do it with you. God was angry that he numbered the people. But that would mean he was depending on the people. And then God told the prophet, I go and tell them, before numbering those people, I have three options before you. I'm going to deal with you. But I need you to choose your own king by yourself. I don't know if your parents ever said that to you. When they would tell you to go and bring a king, equal to the size of your face. <laughs> if we're wise, don't say that. Well, no king, no offense. Hallelujah. So God told David that, you know what? I'm not going to choose your punishment for you. You choose by yourself. He said, but here are the options. Next verse. May this never happen to anybody. He said, shall seven years of famine come upon the land? One. Or will you flee three months before your enemies while they pursue you? Or that there be days of pestilence, three days in the land? Now, Advise and see what answer I shall return to him. So the prophet told David that you know what? Seven years of famine. 
um, what's the next one? Three months before your enemy to run. That means you'll be conquered for three months. Or do you want plague? Coronavirus. <laughs> A serious one for three days. Ah. Which one would you choose? Of course not. And David said to God, I am in great distress. Let us fall into the hand of the Lord, for his mercies are great. Ah, David had the revelation of God's mercy. He said, you see, that option of our enemies pursuing us for three months, I can't go with that. He says, the enemies, they won't be gentle. They will do beyond what God has, what they already, they don't like us. He said, you know what? My choice will still be that. Which one will it be that God will be the one behind it? That's the one I, know, I want. Because I know that as soon as he starts to beat me, his masses are great. Along the line, he will change his mind. So he said, okay, so it is God that is bringing the pestilence, right? He said, I want that one. That was what he was saying in other words. Verse 15. So the Lord sent pestilence upon Israel from morning even till the time appointed. And there, there died of people from Ban to from down even to Bathsheba, 70,000 men. Not talk of women and children. David was such a good man. And the Bible says, and when the angel of the Lord, that was the capital city where David was, stretched out his sword upon Jerusalem to destroy it. He was going to destroy Jerusalem. The Lord repented. Ah, he was looking from heaven and people were dying. According to the plan, the old Jerusalem was supposed to be wiped off. When the angel got to the entrance of Jerusalem with his sword, it was a big angel stand over the whole city with the sword of the destruction in his hand. God looked at him and the Bible says he repented. I said, no, it's unnecessary. And said to the angel, that destroyed the people. It's enough. Stop there. Stay thy hand now. And the angel was at the threshing place of Arana, the Jebusites. So, verse 16. <laughs> David spoke to the Lord and said, when he saw the angel, God opened his eyes. He saw a big fellow with a sword in his hand. And he said, I have seen. I have done wickedly, but these people are dying. I've not done anything. That's a good leader. Lord, if anybody should die, now me number the people. Why are you killing those people? That's what David was saying. It should be me. He said, Lord, I pray, I pray thee, let your hand be against me and against my father's house. Direct the sword to me and my children, not these people. That's a leader. Next verse. And God came to David and said to him, This same God was one that brought all the messages. He said, Go up, rear an altar unto the Lord. He said, Did you see the angel? He said, Yes. Where? He said, Was standing around Yaba. And God said, You know what? Go to that place where the angel is and offer a sacrifice. Verse 19. And David did according to the saying of God and went up as the Lord commanded. Verse 20. 
And I don't look that one and the children around the way they saw the angel. Next, down, down, down. Once where the whole story ended, he told David. So when David go to her, so where the angel was standing belonged to a man called Arona, who was a Jebusite. And when he saw the king with the centaur coming, and the king said, We need to do sacrifices, so we are buying the land from you. Arona said, I mean, I don't see the angel with the sword. Take the land. After all, you are the king, I dash you. And David said, You do understand. He made a language here. He said, Let my Lord take and offer what seemed good to you. I will give it to you. All these things did Aaron as the king. So please don't don't <laughs> let the Lord my king take it and offer. Verse 23. 20, let's go. All these things did Aaron as the king give the king. And he said to the king, The Lord has said thee. Verse, next verse. And the king said to Aaron, No. The guy gave David the land, gave David instrument to use for sacrifice. And David said, No, you don't understand. This is the principle I'm ending this message with. I will surely buy it from thee. Why? At a price. Neither will I offer burnt offering unto the Lord, which will cost me nothing. Remember where we read before our God is a God of knowledge, by him actions are weighed. I say this without apology as straightforwardly as I can. There are people watching me this morning, those who are listening to me. It's a day we have assigned to give God praise all year long. Some have come in here praising God casually, the way you do. Many have come in here, what you want to give as an offering is just the normal thing that costs you nothing. You have not started the journey. He said, I will not. Nothing. 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 Two things. Hebrews 13, verse 15. All my years, I have tried my best to observe over and over and over again why believers make so much out doing prayers and it looks like nothing much is happening. This is one major reason. People offer to God what is convenient. They praise Him in a convenient manner. And let me tell you this. When you come for a program like this, when it is time to praise God, combine sacrifice. Do Let the two be rooted in one as you are standing on your two legs. One leg is praise. The other leg is giving. Don't separate them. That's the truth. You have not praised God enough if you have not offered also as well. In other words, when you praise, you also give. It's a pattern. It's what people criticize and say all things, all kinds of board. Do we have to look scripture by scripture? How many times? Now, the Bible says, by him therefore, let us offer sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips. Now, the order has changed. The order has changed. The order has changed. You know what? There is no altar anywhere again now. You are now the altar. Somebody give God praise. Somebody should rejoice. You have become the altar. You have become the mountain. But we are still offering. Now it comes from our lips 
at the cause of our hands. When I woke up this morning, one of the first things I asked the Lord, what do I give? I understand the pattern. I've worked in it all year long. Severally. But while I, I brought this message, as I was praying in the night, it started coming to my spirit. Many will dance. Except you understand what I have just shared now. They will just have a nice time. There is no shifts. But some will experience such a shift that cannot be denied. I would rather not go for a meeting at all than to go and not experience a shift. Testimonies are testimonies. I was in this kind of meeting some years back, a few years back. I just got some money in dollars. As I was rejoicing, I heard in my spirit, give all to me. That is sacrifice or pray, part of it. By the grace of God, I don't know how many years now till now, I cannot remember at any particular day in the last two or three years without dollars somewhere, somewhere around. I mean, access to it at any time. So all these things that they are saying that the dollar is expensive and everything. If I need any, I get it anytime I need it, anytime and as much as I need, anytime I need it. I think I, I mentioned to the leaders this morning, and I said this to the glory of God. If I have to attend a conference abroad, once I pick the dates, somebody will always. There was a time I just picked the date for the conference to attend. Somebody came from America and tell us after service, not a member of the church, just walked up to me and gave $3,000. Once I pick a day to travel, somebody will give. I am telling the old church, because what is wrong with many people has to do with money. So they praise one, they wonder why. Listen to me. These things are real. God does not play games. But sincerely speaking, don't ever offer God what costs you nothing. This is why it is called sacrifice or praise. So you are praise. You are sacrifice or praise. Sacrifice or praise is a praise that is painful because it also comes with something painful. I have just shared this with everybody. By the grace of God, the church does not need a cover from anybody. But as I look at people, these are the days where God is making men. If we are around last week, look at the testimony shared. Somebody getting a job in Canada before settling for that one, another one, another country, UK. God is opening doors for men. One of the members of the church who was located, who is a medical doctor, just told me recently that by the virtue of what I heard, she was talking about something that had to do with somebody. So she said, by the virtue of what I heard, I can move him to the country where I am now and sponsor everything. And she's not married. Single lady. And she has been a partner since. Why is it, why is it that so many... Look, my heart is on 2022. That it will not be a year. I have bought him because I'm a shepherd. I've attended several meetings. People will dance and praise God. But as they go back home, their situation will remain the same. Because you must stand on the foundation of the word of God. 
I would rather not do anything except to do it the way the word of God says I should do it. That's the truth. We are believers and the word of God is our constitution. If a man has just one naira, if a man has just 50 kobo, and he passionately gives it to God, God is glorified. What God does not want is an attitude that treats him like the common person, like commonly, which many people do. So they say it's a special day of praise. Somebody just comes in and just put 200 in his pocket as usual. But you will not do that on a special day for something else. Therefore, somebody say special day of praise. Everybody's rejoicing and everybody are just standing. And then some praising man God said, No, did you just do that to me? I went this way forever. Songs they mean a lot to God. There is a mystery. Songs are gateway into the spirit realm. It's not on God's side only. Idol worshippers will chant song every spiritual at any kind of spiritual transaction requires somehow a kind of song. There is no religion that they don't chant something in form of a song. Any kind of religion. Because there is something between divinity and songs. Hallelujah. Psalm 42 is. Hallelujah. Yes. Everybody stand. Thank you. The Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime. And in the night, a song shall be with me. Reverse the order. If a song is with you in the night, you are going to wake up into loving kindness. That, may, that was what happened to Paul and Silas. They sang in the night, by the following morning, they were out of prison. If a song is with you in the night, its loving kindness will be with you in the day. Now you know what to do with night time. Sometimes, Facing up and down your room is part of sacrifice or praise. Sleep is calling to your name. You want to sleep, but you jack off from your bed. So take 30 minutes in your own room to give God befitting praise in your room. This is what this week is all about. She's going to start it. Whatever she starts by the Spirit this morning, we are going to take it all through the week. On your own every day. When she starts, say, This is the foundation. Stand on it all through the week and praise God. I want to say to everybody now, this is the pattern we are going today. 10 or 15 minutes into the prayer, the ushers will direct us. That is where we give. I don't want us to give normally today. So, the, the other way I'm going to follow today is that during praise, as you are praising God, then dance to the front and also give. I just want you to, it's not uh, uh, more spiritual than when they come to you, no. But I just want the consciousness to be in us. Number one, we are not donating. Number two, we are not wasting money. We are making a sacrificial giving. Now, if you are listening to me, and all you just came this morning casually, quickly readjust yourself right now. Thank you for the days of transfer. Adjust yourself and ask yourself, what is befitting for the king? Fingers are not equal, no doubt about that. Let the Lord speak to you. If I'm just saying that do not do it casually again this morning. Follow the leading. Follow the leading. Follow the leading. Is there a sacrifice of giving that I can make this so that I can change my life forever? Lord, tell me. 
And then is there a way I can praise you? Like I've never done before. That by the time I'm waking up tomorrow, I'm experiencing your loving kindness on every side. What kind of praise? What kind of giving? Lead to this kind of thing. That is what I want to do today. I'm not going to sweat in vain. I read of men who praise God in the Bible and their lives change. I am not going to praise God and receive nothing and nothing moves. I feel the anointing. Thank God for that testimony in the morning of that pregnancy. If there is anybody on the sound of my voice, this is what I've been led to say. Any kind of impediment to you conceiving, or maybe a man you have issues and that's why you cannot father a child or they have said this we cancel all those verdicts and you are reprogrammed right now let that miracle be effected in your body right now in the name of Jesus Christ there is a child at the back here in the church that was born SS confirmed three times now AA three times I was there the first time they confirmed the child to be SS and the signs were there legs swollen during spring and all those things were there but God cleared it all there is nothing because this is also a day of fruitfulness to many it's a day of fruitfulness a time when the Lord unplugs you from being stagnant from things being slow to a lot of good things are happening at the same time it is not one good thing it is not two we are talking about things on every side you shall see the goodness of God in the land of the living somebody shout a loud amen thank you for being a part of our broadcast you know, we never like to end without giving you an opportunity to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Coming into Christ is beyond joining a church, is beyond a religion. It is joining God's family. And that is done when you believe in Christ Jesus. So I just want to lead you right away now. If you, are, if you want to give your heart to Christ, just after me say, Lord Jesus, I believe that you died and rose again and that you paid for my sins. I accept you as my Lord and my Savior. And from today I belong to you. If you have said those words, will be late, you are born again, you are part of God's family right now. You can go ahead and rejoice about it. God bless you. We love you. God bless you.